The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. there nick they have clayton kershaw <laughs> after that it gets a little shady and the other thing is los angeles baseball fans they're, they're no good and if you're an la dodger baseball fan I, i'm not even going to apologize to you because you don't appreciate the game you only like the dodgers because of that la hat you like <laughs> because they're the dodgers the same reason that people like the lakers nick it's really no different. You're going to pay attention to your team when they're good, and as soon as they're out of contention, you're going to move on to the next sport. You know, you know what, Mario? Uh, you listen to Nick. That sounds familiar, Nick. A secondary perspective. Whoever that guy was had some really <laughs> good things to say. I think. Well, you know what, Mario? For, for our listeners, uh, that was Mario's comments from last week's uh, program when we were talking about the Dodgers and the potential uh, in this year's. Uh, MLB uh, playoff race, and could they overcome that hurdle and, and get past uh, St. Louis? And, and as today, right now, and Mario, you were right. I have to, as, 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 as painful as that is for me to say, <laughs> you were right. I mean, yeah. the Dodgers kind of they fell apart, and we knew that this was a team, you know, two years in a row, regular season. I mean, they were hot, they got hot at the right time. You know, Clayton Kershaw was the, the person that, you know, everyone viewed as possibly being the MVP of, you know, just overall baseball. But when it came down in the clutch, they could not put it together. Matt Kim, Yasil Puig, this team just totally fell apart. And once again, like I said, they lose to St. Louis for the second season in a row. And it leaves Dodger fans to ponder, I mean, is Don Mallory the right manager for this team, or, 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 or is it just the team just falls apart and they just played by this dark cloud? It's, it's hard to say, man. Baseball is one of those strange sports that literally anything can happen. If you look at the teams going into the playoffs, the two best teams on paper, Nick, they're both out. That's the Detroit Tigers, and that was the Washington Nationals. And the Nationals are playing a Giants team that, you know, towards the end of the season there started to drop off a little bit, you know, kind of squeaked into the playoffs, had to win that play-in game against the – it's a play-in game, it's a wild card. I call it a play-in game against the Pirates. So there was really no guarantee for them. But 
that's that's how that's the nature of the beast. If you don't have consistent starting pitching, you don't have a good bullpen, you don't have a team that can squeeze out runs any way possible, then you're going to lose. Kershaw, I thought, pitched well enough to win the other night, Nick. But when you leave him in the seventh inning, there are two guys on base. Clearly, he didn't have his best stuff. He took you that far. Go to your bench. Go to your bullpen. It's not like the Dodgers didn't have a solid bullpen. You leave him in for one pitch too long, Matt Adams hits a bomb. Right now, Nick, it's all about the team that gets hot the fastest. So, honestly, I don't think any the Dodgers need to make any changes. They just need to hope that next year they get hot at the right time. They need to peak at the right time because the four teams that are still in it, they're peaking. That's why they're still in it. Yeah, but but last week we were talking about, and and that was my thing, you know, to win a title, you you need pitching. You need a, a closer. You need guys who can throw gas. And when I saw that Detroit Tiger team and, and how they were stockpiling guys that get David Price, and, and I'm thinking like, wow, I mean, this could be the team that finally does it for the Detroit city and finally brings the championship home. But that tells you once again, like I said before, it really doesn't make a difference what your payroll is at the beginning, the beginning of the season. It doesn't make a difference what your record is in the regular season and how well your guys pitch during the regular season. If you don't show up that particular game, you know, in a five-game series, then that's going to leave you on the outs, and that's what we've seen with the Detroit Tigers. And then we look at California as a whole. You know, the L.A. Dodgers, they're out. The Angels, they're out. But I'll tell you this as well. Last night here in Los Angeles, the L.A. Kings, pretty much probably the best team in sports here in L.A. to date, uh, and I know some, some Lakers fans will argue with that, but that we know is the fact that Lakers haven't been that great in years. But the L.A. Kings hoisted up in the Stable Center the banner. You know, when you're able to go to and, and win three out of the last two Stanley Cups and you lose on your home uh, floor for nothing to the San Jose, San Jose Sharks as they did last night. What does that say overall about LA sports? And I know in, in that clip and last week, you know, you touched on the fact of how uh, LA fans are, are so fair weathered. The moment one team is out, they move on to the next. And you said something and remind our listeners what you said last week uh, about uh, uh, the hockey team and, and the scene here in Los Angeles. A lot of the fans out there didn't even know they won the Stanley Cup last year. I mean, any of the fans that might have trickled in there the other last night, they're like, wait, we won the Stanley Cup? Oh, that's pretty cool. That's how LA fans are. Of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I don't want to get any emails or anybody hitting me up on Twitter saying, how could they not know they won the Stanley Cup? Everybody knows that. That's stupid. Okay, it's just a fallacy, okay? We're, we're taking things too far because it's ironic. That's the point of what we're doing. But it's not a good sports town. You ask LA fans whether they're Clippers or Lakers fans now, Nick, I can guarantee you that more than half are Clippers fans now. The pendulum has swung. They like the Clippers. Why? Because the Clippers are winning. Kobe's going to be on his way out here pretty soon. Maybe a couple down years for the Lakers until they can rebuild and get everything going again. But the Clippers are what's hot right now. And that's why people out in LA like the Clippers. Well, speaking of the Clippers last night and and what I thought was a great move and if you want to take your show your players what a championship atmosphere is like, and I credit Doc Rivers for doing this, is last night at you know the band when the banner was being raised for the, the LA Kings, Doc Rivers took the Clippers team to the game so they can see and be in that atmosphere, a, a arena that they play in the Staples Center and show them 
This is the type of atmosphere that you guys need to create. The city loves championships, maybe only for a short period of time, like blockbuster movies, but at the same time, you know, this is the type of atmosphere that you can create and you have created. You have a new owner who is just as excited and enthusiastic as some of the players, but now we have to go ahead and put that product on the field. So I give Doc Rivers kudos for taking his team and showing showing them what a playoff atmosphere is really like and what the city can be like if they win a championship here in Los Angeles. Well, it's exactly like what Coach Shaw did for Ty Lawson here in Denver. He took Ty Lawson to a Denver Broncos practice, let him watch Peyton Manning because he wants Ty Lawson to be the leader in that locker room. And if you know anything about the Nuggets or Ty Lawson, you know that he's an excellent point guard, probably top 10, probably the best player on that team, either him or Kenneth Fareed, but he's not a leader. You know, being a point guard doesn't naturally make you a leader. So what does he do? Goes to a different sport. He finds a guy in his town who happens to be one of the best leaders of all time, hoping it rubs off on him. So I love this, Nick. Well, you know, I think it was a great idea too. And, and sometimes you have uh, to do that and kind of find a way to, to spark that leadership part in, in your team. And just like, you know, you said Brian Shaw taking – you know, Ty Lawson to see Peyton Manning. I, I wonder, wonder if at any point that he had a chance or opportunity to sit down with Peyton Manning and say, well, what is it like to play in Denver, a city that loves sports and lives, breathes, and eats sports, and knowing as though everyone is clamoring for a championship? I, I wonder if they had an opportunity to talk about that, a pressure associated with it, and could Ty Lawson, you know, we know what he could do on, on the court, but, but, but can he really uplift his team and take them to where they need to be in the West and and to me, I, I think it's great. It's a great gesture. But when you look at the teams in, in, in the West, I mean, you, got, you have Golden State, you have OKC, but more importantly, you have Greg Popovich in that band of, I don't, they're not misfit toys, but, you know, they're a little uh, in a twilight hour, and that being the San Antonio Spurs, a team that I think still, with them being long in the tooth, can find them way, their way back into the NBA conversation at the end of the season. Right. But you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. When you look at, uh, and stick with baseball for a minute before we move on, when we look at this matchup, and we talked about it last week, and you look at Kansas City versus Baltimore, coming into these playoffs, Baltimore, I believe, were, were, were the hottest team. They have everything you need. They have, you know, pitching, bullpen, I mean, bats. They have everything you need to win this, this championship. But when you talk about facing the Kansas City team, and we talked about it last week, Here's a team that I think a lot of teams are afraid of, even though, you know, maybe on paper, Baltimore may have the better team. But now you're having the Kansas City Royals team that's playing inspired baseball. I mean, well, they, they, they beat the A's and then now they're coming off a terrific series now to face Baltimore. Th- this team is is fired up. And, and I know they might be a long shot by Vegas odds, but, but I still think that this is the scariest team that's still in the race. Oh, you're absolutely right. And let's not forget, they swept the team that had the best record in all of baseball, and that's the Los Angeles Angels. They're going up against an Orioles team who is led by Buck Showalter. If you remember, he was a coach for a while, and then he was an analyst for like three days, it felt like, and he got back into coaching. And as soon as he took over for the Orioles, he has been pushing all the right buttons, pulling all the right strings, 
And it's it's unless you really understand fundamentally how baseball works, you'll never really understand how vital the head coach is when he decides to take his pitcher out, when he decides to pinch hit, what kind of de- uh, defensive alignment he decides to use. There's so much that goes into baseball that people kind of overlook because you only hear about the pitches and the home runs and this and that, all the fundamental stuff that coaches don't have control over. The reason that I like the Orioles right now is because they have the advantage when it comes to the head coach. Ned Yost, in my mind, is you know nowhere near the level that Buck Showalter is, and it's almost seemed that his team is winning despite his managerial prowess. But that's just me, Nick. I, I like the Orioles. I like the way that they're playing. But again, the, the Royals are such a fun team to watch. They refuse to go down. They refuse to say die. This team is the most resilient pack of men I have ever seen in my life, and I love watching them play. Over to the National League side, this is actually what I predicted. If you will remember, Nick, it said Cards, Giants, in the National League Championship Series. And these are two very, very similar teams. They have very good coaches. They've been here before. Great bullpen, great pitching. I'm going to give the edge to the Cardinals simply because they have a little bit more talent. They've been there before. Not that the Giants haven't, but the, the Giants, it, it seems like they can't keep winning the way that they are, right? I mean, they can't keep shutting teams down to, you know, one, two, three runs a game tops. It well, just well, well, can't well, Mario, I, I asked you that. Why is that not possible? We talked about it last week. We, we have a team here in the Giants. That for no believe, for no rational reason, just because I don't believe it can keep happening. So so you're not using any rationale in, in, in your there's, uh, d- there's no breakdown. It's just it's nothing. It's just the fact there's that no, it's just it just can't keep happening. Just like the not? loss of baseball can't hold. That's just that's just my premonition, Nick. That's just I'm just going with my gut. Sometimes that's the only way to explain it. Well, just, we, we, wait a minute, wait a minute. We know that sometimes going with your gut has led you astray. So I, I don't know if you want to continue to, to hang on that as your final it's point. led me astray. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yes, it has. See, the listeners don't know that. They don't know you as well as I know you, to know that sometimes you've gone with your gut instinct and it's proven wrong. You know, I don't want to say time and time again, but, but it's, it is a proven fact. Oh, I don't think my gut has ever steered me wrong. Yes, yes. We, we'll talk about that off air. But <laughs> once again, when you look at this Giants uh, team, once again, what are the better clubhouses in Major League Baseball? And I think that's the thing that's carrying them over the hump, that camaraderie they have for one another, not wanting to let the other player down. And, and I mean, this is a core uh, a group that they believe in one another. It's sort of, you know what it's sort of like? It's sort of like the Kansas City Royals team, but with a better roster. That's right. what it seems like. So, but, you know, you, you take St. Louis. I'm going to stick with, with San Francisco. And, and, and when I think about that Kansas City Royals team uh, before we go to break here, let me tell you what it reminds me of. And sometimes people always say, well, art imitates life or vice versa or whatever. When I look at the Kansas City Royals team, I, I go back to a, a movie. And I don't know if, if their skipper is showing them this type of movie. But remember when, when Rocky fought uh, I think uh, the Russian, I think it was Ivan Bokov. I, I don't know, whatever his name is. Yeah. But Dolph Lundgren played the character. But re- remember when he had to travel to Russia and he's getting pounded and, and his ring is like, don't go down, don't go down, right? And, and, and to me, that, that's what I think about the Kansas City Royals. It, it's that same thing. They are the Rocky 
and, and everyone else is, is rushing and they're taking the blows. They're getting <laughs> up because in boxing, you know, you're going to take the best shot. So it's like how you get up from, from the cameras. And Kansas City, they are the Rocky of the M MLB playoffs. They, they keep taking shots. They will not quit. They will not die. And, and, and they just continue to get up. They continue to get up. So I, I'm, I'm willing to see what happens with this Kansas City uh, Royals team. But, I mean, like you said, man, boy, are they fun to watch. And, and whether you like baseball, whether you like the Kansas City Royals, I mean, you have to root for the underdog. You have to because this, this is a great story. If they, if they find themselves in the championship game and they win, that's great for baseball. And you have to, and you have to love that. So coming up after the break, we'll talk about Thursday night football. Uh, tonight we have the Cowboys facing off against the Houston Texans, and we'll talk about whether that's good for the owners, good for the players, good for the game. You listen to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, coming back on the opposite side of this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. You tell them I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Wow, Mario, you know what? You know I, I, love, I love movies. And I said it in the last segment, uh, sometimes, you know, art imitates life and how the Kansas City Royals remind me of, like, Rocky IV when he fought the Russian. And for me, that, that was a little snippet of Tombstone. One of my favorite movies uh, I, I love, and someone who brings a lot of heat and fire with him. Uh, we have on the line joining us with the program tonight, Trevor Bell, MOB pitcher, Cincinnati Reds. Trevor, thank you for joining the program. What's up? I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> Let's do it then. Appreciate it. So, 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 and I, and our first I was on the treadmill. Trevor. I missed your first, your first two calls. Oh, you on the treadmill working out and talking treadmill, to a secondary instructor. And my phone was right behind me, so I missed you. 
Uh, well, you know what? No problem, Trevor. I know you, you're working out, trying to keep your body in, in shape. Uh, we'll talk about your uh, rehab and how that's going. But in our first segment, we were talking about the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw and how the Dodgers pretty much fell apart. Now, uh, I know being a major league pitcher, you have an opportunity to watch a couple of these games. But what is it like, you know, when you're taking on that, you're sitting on that mound and your team is up and you throw that fastball across the plate and you watch it go out of the park and, and just you just rock for a second there. You know, how, how do you get that mental stability back to th- come back on that mound and, and throw the rest of that game? Right. Um, first of all, I completely understand um, the feeling because I've been in that situation, probably not that important, but situations very much like it. And um, for a guy like Clayton Kershaw, you know, he's mentally one of the strongest pitchers in the game just like he is physically. But, uh, you know, being able to to uh, sit there and watch that is not easy, obviously. It, it, it's, it's a horrible uh, spot to be in, and he's facing a guy there who hit, I think, you know, 150 off the of lefties all year long. So, you know, it's just one of those things in baseball. It's one pitch, you know, it's, it's a couple inches, and uh, it can make the whole difference. Now, we, we were talking about, you know, when you look at the collapse of the Dodgers late, I mean, who's the blame? Is it Don Mattingly? Uh, can you, how much of the blame you put on uh, Clayton Kershaw and then Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig? Uh, the supporting cast did not sh- show up and help him out. When you look at these games, who would you, if you had to say, well, this player was at fault or, or uh, how they approached the three-day rest with Clayton Kershaw, who would you say should be blamed for this collapse late by the Dodgers? You know, it's funny you ask that because I think that what the media talks about on ESPN is completely the opposite of what the problem is. Clayton Kershaw is not to blame. Don Mattingly is definitely not to blame. Because Clayton Kershaw had no basic, well, the first game, you know what, the first game that he lost when he had a 6-1 to lead, you know, going to the seventh inning, he is to blame, and he took blame for it, and uh, he took responsibility. But for the most part in the series, the bullpen and, and the offense with runners in scoring position is the problem. When you're in the playoffs and you get runners on, it's imperative that you get them at least moved over mm-hmm. or, you know, or driven in. And that's just the way the game is played. And in the playoffs, you play teams like St. Louis who they scrap and they battle and they have players who, you know, will bunt when they're not supposed to and do things like that. You know, that's playoff baseball. And, and that's the way it goes. If you just so, join the program, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trevor. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, so I think it's the bullpen who wasn't shutting down leads and um, also the offense for the most part, not getting their job done. If you just joined the program, uh, we have MLB pitcher Trevor Bell, uh, Cincinnati Reds uh, talking Major League Baseball right now. Trevor, when you look at the four teams remaining in this uh, contest, uh, which team would you say that uh, as a pitcher you'd be most uh, fearful of? boy <laughs> oh man um <clears throat> i've actually faced each one of them uh <laughs> so right now i would have to go with baltimore to be honest with you 
Um, I, I just feel like they, <clears throat> they're clicking on all cylinders on offense, and they have that chemistry going, and that's a tough ballpark to pitch in. And they, uh, you know, it, it's either Baltimore or Kansas City for sure. See, I, I, told, I told my co-host Mario Batanzi that same thing. If, if I am a team out there that's still in this race, I would definitely be a little fearful of this Kansas City team because, I mean, they're scrappers, and they know how to come from behind, and they have that never-say-die attitude. And I think, I think at this point uh, of the race, you, you, throw, you have to throw out all the records. You have to throw out all the bullpen. It's about can you win and can you show up that particular game and play your best baseball because no one cares about the regular season, what you were able to uh, accomplish. Uh, talk about your, your injury. I want to talk about your injury for, for a second. How, how is that, uh, your, that rehab coming along for you? It's coming along beautifully. I'm, I'm uh, far ahead of schedule. I've uh, been doing rehab three to four times a week. Um, and, you know, it's uncharted territory for me. So I, I don't, this is the first time I've ever had a single surgery on my whole body. So, you know, I'm not used to this type of thing. And uh, it's my arm. It's my livelihood. It's, it's my job. I, you know, I know nothing else but what my arm can do. And to go through an injury like this is difficult mentally and physically. And, you know, it's actually been a really fun process because it's kind of showed me uh, how mentally strong my head is in the game and how much I really love it. Now, 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 Trevor, with me being a former athlete myself, I, I would have ways to motivate me and get me prepared for uh, that day's game. Like when you're trying to prepare yourself to face, you know, batters, is there a particular song or movie that you watch before you go out and uh, take them out? There, I don't have a particular song, but music in general kind of lifts me up. Um, and actually talking to people like you, who, you know, you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago, that, that's what inspires me, is talking to people who've been in the trenches and are going through tough times right now. Um, and just anything inspiring whatsoever. I don't care if it's a hike or a long bike ride or something that kind of just gets your mind out of uh, one little zone. That's something that inspires me. Wow, wow, awesome, Trevor. Now, before I let you go, once again, we have four teams still in this race, Kansas City versus Baltimore and San Francisco versus St. Louis. How do you see this shaking out at the very end? What two teams would be there in the dance to duke it out for the championship? You know what? I do agree with you about how Kansas City is is on fire. They look like a frat house right now, and, and that city is, like, just absolutely behind them. But I'm going to have to still stick with Baltimore, and I'm going to go with San Fran because they've been there the last couple of years, um, you know, and, and they have that same type of that frat house mentality. But they also have um, been there before, so they know what it takes in that last step. So that's who I got in the World Series. I'm going to say Baltimore, San Fran. Well, there it is. You have it from someone in the game himself, Trevor Bell, Cincinnati Reds uh, pitcher. He has Baltimore and San Francisco playing for uh, the championship. Trevor, thank you for joining the program, and uh, good luck with that rehab. 
Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Mario, uh, you know, I, I was saying this to Trevor. You know, I, I love movies. And, you know, athletes, when they go out, they, they, they try to get themselves inspired, get themselves up for the game. But, but here's something that people don't really know about me. Usually the night before the game, I had a little ritual of getting to the hotel really early. Uh, but I would always watch Superbad. For some reason, Superbad was that movie because it was funny. It would put me in a very relaxed mode. But once I well, got to because, the- like, you, you identified with McLovin because that's who you were in <laughs> high school. No, that, that was, I wasn't McLovin. I, I wasn't McLovin. <laughs> Lose the vest. You look like Peter Pan. <laughs> McLovin. What's news now? Uh, but uh, no, uh, I love watching Superbad. So many, um, I guess, catchphrases or one-word sentences that you can use. But, but, but the biggest thing was when I got to the stadium, you know, you would think that it was rock music or some hardcore hip-hop that I would listen to. But it was more or less like, okay, well, let me stay in this chill, laid-back mode and focus on the game plan and get my mind right. And it was, you'll never guess, Michael Jackson, You Rock My World. And I remember, <laughs> I, remember at, I remember at the time, uh, Dominique Foxworth and Hamza Abdul was just like, well, what's Nick listening to? Because he's totally grooving. And, and then Rick Smith, the GM, came over and, and he wanted to talk to me. And he was like, Nick, what are, what are you listening to? And he pulled off my headset, and he heard me listening to Michael Jackson, You Rock, you rock My World. So did just you just have that, that song on a loop, Nick? Like, did you just repeat You Rock My World until the game started? Well, yeah, it, it, it was on a continuous loop, man, because I had to get my mind into game mode. You know, you got, you're thinking about these plays. You're thinking about you envisioning yourself making plays before they even happen. So that, that you was You just my- wanted to rock somebody's world. Hey, you know what? And that's what it was. Once I got out there, I knew my game game plan. It was downhill, making contact with some running back or wide receiver, something that you can't do in the NFL today. And, and speaking of that, uh, to, tonight we have uh, the Indianapolis Colts facing off against the Houston Texans and a Thursday night game. Both teams played Sunday night. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Sunday afternoon. Houston lost with a come behind a field goal to the Dallas Cowboys, in-state rival. And then we watched the Colts and a very defensive battle with the Baltimore Ravens. But here's my question uh, for, for you, uh, Mario. And, and I was asked uh, by someone who follows me on Twitter, and, and that's at Neil Brockett, uh, asked me this question about bye weeks in the NFL. Where, where would I prefer to have my bye week? But more importantly, uh, how detrimental are these Thursday night games. So for me, and and Neil, thanks for uh, sending that question, and feel free to send uh, any and all questions uh, to either me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25 or at Mile High Mario. And if you want to get in the conversation, 888-346-9144 gets you into the conversation. But when I think about the fact of playing on a short week, you, you, you play on Sunday, and then you have to come back and play on Saturday. So that's a short week of preparation for the coaches. And then if you're a player and you get, you get banged up, your routine that you may normally have throughout the week is now that's interrupted. And what we've seen. You can still listen to Michael Jackson if you want. Well, you still can listen to Michael Jackson. I mean, <laughs> as long as you have your headsets. But according to the league side note, you can't wear beats, you know, doing interviews anymore. But that, that goes without saying. We'll talk about that in real talk. But 
to, to me, it, it disrupts the fabric of how you prepare as a coach and as a player because we, we saw Green Bay play demolish Minnesota and Christian Parner had to come into the game and Teddy Bridgewater, who might have played in a divisional game had it been Sunday, had to sit out and watch his team get picked apart. So I, Nick, I actually you, heard that if they had played on Friday even, he would have been good to play. Yeah, but you can't. They're not going to play on no, Friday. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, like that's how close he was to being healthy. But, yeah, just, but there was just apparently there's just no way that he could possibly go on Thursday. But you know he would have been good on Friday. It's it's frustrating, man, because you, we, they want to talk about protecting the players and they have all this stuff in line for concussions and you know not hurting the quarterback and not hurting the receivers and whatever. Like the the NFL's changed so much. But it still comes down to money, Nick. It is still a business above everything else, and the proof of the, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. I mean, why else would you have a Thursday night game if it's not to make money? The, the people want to watch football every night of the week. True, right. yeah. So you already have it on Sunday. You have it on Monday in college season. You have it on Saturday. Why not have it on Thursday? You know, people are going out on Friday. They don't really want to watch football. Whatever. But it's all about the money. They want to get the views because they know people. There's nothing going on on Thursday night. They might as well put a game there. But when you play a collision sport like football, there's a reason that the games are supposed to be a week apart. I don't want to hear this like, oh, well, you play in a short week and then you get a week and a half off. Okay, well, that is also, you know, kind of a statistical advantage. Majority of the time when a team has a week and a half coming off of a Thursday night game, they're much more well-rested. They're already planning for a team that is yet to play their uh, opponent that week. So, I mean, there's really nothing about it that's fair, Nick. There's nothing about it that makes sense. But, I mean, we as football fans are greedy. And we want to watch football on a Thursday night because we have nothing else going on in our lives that could trump watching football. So why would we take it away? We'll risk some injury. We're putting in the work to have injuries cut down elsewhere. So we might as well keep Thursday night games. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but, but if, you, if you, when you watch these Thursday night games and you're on social media, uh, you'll see the trending hashtag is people complaining about how lopsided these Thursday night games are. I mean, and we look at every home team. They've had huge wins. Atlanta over uh, New Orleans Saints and Green Bay over the Minnesota. B- the, the, the Vikings, okay, over the Buccaneers. Thank you. Uh, but, but that tells you, okay, well, we're talking about limited practice time, limited preparation, limited, you know, rehab time for the guys who get dinged up on, on, on Sunday. So usually what we're, and what we're seeing is home, the home team benefits because they don't have to travel that far. And, and God forbid if you are a team that you have to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast or vice versa. You don't have to worry about, like I said, getting your team together, moving all the pads and making sure all the meeting rooms are set up, uh, the computers are set up for the guys to review the film. You don't have to worry about that. You can just sit home and let the team travel. So that gives you an extra day of, of rehab time that that opponent really doesn't have. And, and to me, like, once again, if, if safety is the biggest concern, and we're talking about protecting the brand, the brand is the players. The brand, that, that's the, the players are the product. That's what t- fans tune in for. That's why, you know, the league just signed, uh, re-up his deal with DirecTV for the NFL Sunday ticket package, because people want to see the players. 
You know, and, and tonight's game uh, ends the suspension of uh, Jim Ursay. He'll get a chance to come back and watch his team uh, play. Uh, I, guess, I, I guess, you know, Chuck Pagano, they're going to use that as maybe momentum going into this game against the Houston Texans, not to say that they actually uh, need that momentum. But Well, hey, uh, can I ask you about that, Nick? What right good here. was it suspending him? It's not like he's there at practice. It's not like he has anything to do with the game plan. So how was suspending Ursay a detriment to that team whatsoever? That's that's something that I didn't understand. It's like he's the owner. He just can't go to games and watch it in his box, so he has to watch it from home on his 80-inch TV. Well, you know what? That was something that I didn't understand uh, my, myself, uh, finding him uh, half a million dollars, suspending him for six games, like you said, I mean, he's an owner. He's sitting in the box. He's not contributing to any of the action or the production on the field. So, you know, sending him home, sending him some way, uh, somewhere where he can just sit and relax and watch the game, to me, that, that, that's not a penalty. To me, See, they should have they taken a draft pick from him. Yeah, I, I'm like, you take the first and second. Or how about this? You take the first and, and second this year, and then maybe you take a second and third next year and maybe that sets a precedent for other owners to make sure that yeah, send a message yeah you're sending a message because now you're looking at throughout the organization we're not just reprimanding the players but we're re- reprimanding the executive staff as well to say well this type of behavior will not be tolerated uh in the nfl after the break we'll discuss a little bit about the uh college football and the, the decision that this 12 person committee is going to have to make at the end of the year as they determine what four teams from the Power Five find their way into uh, the college playoffs. You're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, here on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening 
to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. One hand in the air, if you don't really care. Two hands in the air, if you don't really care. It's like that sometimes, I mean ridiculous. It's like that sometimes, ridiculous. All right, I have something for you that's a little ridiculous. I, I was holding on to this for the past couple of weeks, but no longer can I do this. And, and Mario, once I get to the tail end, tell me if you can figure this out. Okay, NBA versus the NFL. 36 have been accused of spousal abuse. Seven have been arrested for fraud. 19 have been accused of writing bad checks. 117 have directly or indirectly bankrupted at least two businesses. Three have done time for assault. 71 cannot get credit or credit card due to bad credit. 14 have been arrested on drug-related charges. Eight have been arrested for shoplifting. 21 currently are defendants in lawsuits. And 84 have been arrested for a drunk driving in the last year. Can you guess which organization this is? Is this the NBA, or the NFL? That's neither, Nick. And I will say, I actually did this same exact list on my show, so I love where your head is at. This is our, can I say it or do you want to say it? Well, I'll let you say it. Go right ahead. This is the United States Congress. Are you kidding me? You know what? And and that should tell the listeners, uh, the individuals out there in media land that as the microscope has been perfectly positioned on the NFL and their current issues, and especially those in professional sports, it is not just professional athletes who find themselves in predicaments. It's the only thing is, is that you hear about it for the most part, and it's kind of pushed and force-fed to uh, the public, but no one talks about Congress and their issues. And my only point to bringing that up is the fact that we all have issues. We all have demons that we are dealing with or challenges that we are facing, but we have to try to overcome them. Well, can, no matter- I, can, I, give the, can I give the people a quick little uh, number just to go piggyback off of uh, all of those statistics? Oh, absolutely. The, the percentage of NFL players who have been arrested uh, this season, and I'm including practice squad players, so anybody who is an NFL athlete, that is less than 1% of them have been arrested. You take a look at this list that you gave me for Congress. Just the people who have gotten DUIs, not the ones that have been arrested, not any of that other stuff, that comes out to be about uh, 15%. 15%. So that, that's just to put it into perspective, man. Like, what? where do we draw the line where it's okay for members of the United States Congress, the people that are supposed to uphold our justice system, that are in charge of the government, you know, that are so supposed to be so reputable and trustworthy, and they're the ones that are getting in trouble, the majority of them. You factor in all of these people that are getting into trouble, Nick, and it's more than half. That is a joke. 
and you look at the NFL, of course they're under a microscope. And again, this isn't to condone the actions of NFL players, okay? It's not okay to, uh, you know, spousal abuse is not okay. Getting a DUI is not okay. Getting arrested in the NFL, it's not okay. There's, there's no reason for it. But why are we not holding members of our United States Congress to the same standard? That's what I don't understand in all of this, Nick. Well, you know what? Uh, th- there's a precept here in uh, this book I'm holding with my cover of me tackling Jerome uh, Bettis. The bus. bus. He busted himself. But it's called The Way to Happiness. And as, as you were, you were uh, so the eloquently. Bus met the uh, bus stop, Nick Ferguson. The bus stop. Woo, woo. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> as you were going ahead and just kind of describing to our listeners and giving them your input and your feelings, you know, I. I was looking through uh, this book called The Way to Happiness and 21 Precepts, uh, you know, hit me up on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and maybe I shoot you a copy and I'm at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. And the, as I started to open this, the one that seemed to unfold itself was uh, seek to live with the truth. And, and I'll say that is for the fact of not all, you know, our government officials, they're not all bad, Right. And all athletes are not bad. You know, sometimes they say, well, uh, a rotten apple spoils the bunch. And that may be the case. But let's not try to put everyone in that, that same group. And let's not paint with a broad brush because, you know, like I said before, we all have our own faults. But the thing is, go out, seek the truth, find out for your, yourself. Not every person is a bad person. So if once again, if you want a copy of this book, reach out to me on Instagram at Nick Ferguson. Underscore 25. Or you I want can a copy of that book. I'll, I'll send you out a copy. You can email me at nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, moving on. When you look at college football and, you know, the AP poll has changed over the past uh, week because uh, last week in college sports, we saw a lot of top 10 teams just kind of fall apart. Texas A&M lost to Mississippi State, Alabama to Ole Miss, Oregon to Arizona, and, you know, Florida State. Uh, just still continues to find ways to win and remain at the top of the AP poll. But, but I have to ask you, if you look at this 12-person committee and knowing as though Bama uh, you know, was kind of the darling coming in, everyone knows uh, how the love affair it is with, uh, and it's kind of like an uh, intoxicating thing from certain people down south with the SEC, and, and, I, and I have to ask you, if you're part of this 12-person committee at the end, when you're trying to determine what four teams were to get into the playoffs, uh, can, will we see multiple SEC teams? Or could we see maybe a two-loss SEC team in maybe another uh, undefeated team from maybe a Pac-12, a Big Ten, Big 12, or ACC out of the mix? Honestly, Nick, I would be shocked if there wasn't two SEC teams. I mean... Even though people think the problem is gone, the problem will really never be solved. People are always going to want more. Um, I like the playoff, obviously, a lot better than the BCS. But now, you know, you give me an inch and I want a mile. It shouldn't be four teams. It should be eight teams. And I had said that from the beginning. But I guess, you know, baby steps. You take what you can get right now. And, man, last weekend, Nick, was there, like, a worse week in the history of college football for ranked teams? And I'm not just talking about teams who are, you know, 23, 24, 25. I'm talking like top 10 teams. They all went down, Nick. So I love the parody that's happening in college football. It's something that we really haven't seen in a long time. 
Um, but as far as the playoff is concerned, it's it's a temporary solution to a permanent problem. You know, it can only get a little bit better every time. I don't think the problem will ever be solved. It's it's one of those things where not everyone will ever be happy. You just have to please as many people as possible. So are we going to see two SEC teams in the final four? Uh, honestly, I would be surprised if we didn't. That's just the culture that we have. The SEC, as we're seeing, is head and shoulders above everybody else. It's looking like Auburn will absolutely be in that mix. Uh, maybe an Ole Miss or Mississippi State, even though I'm banking on one of them to lose at least a couple games from here on out. It, it, but I'm excited to see how it all plays out. This just seems so much better than you know allowing computers to pick two top teams. Well, you know what, and, and that, that was a question for me. You know, there's not a right formula here. Yeah, we tried. We tried the BCS. That didn't work. So we're going to try for the first time this 12-person committee and hope that they're able. Uh, to get this thing right. But when I look at it and, you know, Florida State, number one, Auburn, number two. And then after that, you know, there's a tie for third, if you if you believe that Mississippi State and Ole Miss. But I I think Notre Dame, once again, could find themselves back in the picture. And 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 we remember years ago when you had Alabama versus Notre Dame, that proved not to be a great national championship game. But this is a very exciting year. Because I believe that we're going to have maybe a one-loss team playing in that championship game. And, you know, you talk about the Power Five. One of those conferences is going to get left out. And to me, I don't think that's fair to have a conference uh, winner not be in that particular playoff game. So I don't know how they're going to figure this out at the end, this 12-person committee. But I know... no, there's no. But it's as simple, Nick. You don't allow a Big Ten team in. That conference is down. It has been kind of on the downside for the last couple of years. No one can play by the rules, and the teams that do play by the rules, they're just not good enough to compete with the other major conferences. I mean, Michigan State, in my mind's eye, is by far the best team in the Big Ten, and they got routed by Oregon, who now just lost to Arizona. I mean, we can go on and on and on about you know whether or not they're good, whether the Big Ten is still in it, but that's just my humble opinion. We're not going to see a Big Ten team in the uh, four-team playoff. Well, I, I hope so. I... I, I... I, for me, I feel that every team should have an opportunity to present its case and the way you handle that every Saturday when you take uh, the field. Like I said, we, we watch uh, Alabama lose to Ole Miss and Texas A&M to Mississippi State. And I think we're talking about two quality teams, especially Kevin Sumlin, that Texas A&M team. But they just had a, an off day. But is that it, any kind of uh, indicator of the quality team that they have? I, I don't think not because every dog has his day. And, and a broken clock is right twice a day, you know. So to me, I don't want to look at that one game as a way to really judge that team and, and I guess their overall potential at the tail end. But once again, I think it's going to be really tough for this 12-person committee to sit down and watch film and determine which four teams deserve an opportunity to have, an, have potentially uh, the position to hoist up that crystal trophy at the end is going to be uh, very interesting. Uh, now talking about uh, NFL games this weekend, a uh, big game this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys, believe it or not, they seem to have turned the That's corner. That's your favorite team, Nick. And people are saying that the Cowboys are back. To me, I- I'm not going to jump out there and say that because they still have to play the Seattle Seahawks, arguably the best team in the NFL against 
the run. The Denver Broncos saw that a couple of weeks ago. But to help Dallas, they take the, the league's top rushing rusher and a leading rushing game into Seattle. So I have to ask you, when you look at this, something's got to give, Mario. Top leading rusher in the rushing team in the league versus the top defense in stopping the run. So when you, when you break down this match, who do you feel has a better chance, Romo and DeMarco Murray or Russell Wilson, the great well, Russell Wilson and that defense of Seattle Seahawks? Well, here's the thing, Nick. I mean, there are a lot of factors that play into it. Something that I had said about the Cowboys going into this year and even last year is they would have been a much better team. In fact, would have won the playoff, gone to the playoffs, maybe even won their division. If they just gave DeMarco Murray the damn ball. And, you know, they were a little put off by his fumbling. And he still fumbles the ball entirely too much, Nick. I mean, he's good for at least a fumble a game. But that doesn't stop him from rushing for 120 yards and a touch or two. So when you look at this Seattle team, this team that, you know, will let you get to the linebackers. You know, they let you catch the short passes. They let you have, you know, certain plays. But they collapse on you so quick. They're so fast to the ball. And they force turnovers. It's what they do. So even though he is the league's leading rusher, it wouldn't surprise me if he coughed up the ball a couple times, Nick. Obviously, you're going to feed him. The way that he's running, the way that offensive line is playing, Tony Romo is questionable. Obviously, he'll play, but he's not going to be 100%. Des Bryant, we all love. But, you know, of course, Richard Sherman's the best cornerback in the league as far <laughs> as it's zone. And as far as he's only co- as long as he's only covering, you know, a 10-yard area. But that's really neither here nor there. I don't love Terrence Williams. Jason Witten is, of course, Jason Witten. But he's on the wrong side of 30. He's, you know, going to start going downhill uh, more and more quickly. If this game was in Dallas, uh, I would really give the Cowboys a good chance because I love the way that they're calling plays. I like the way that they're actually giving the ball to Murray, taking the pressure off of Tony Romo. And that's why we haven't seen a Tony Romo effect, Nick. But here's the thing. They're going to be in Seattle. They're going to be facing that 12th man. It's going to be very difficult for them to get their run game going. They're going to have to rely on Tony Romo. And you and I both know what happens when that's the case. Romo well, effect. Well, I think that the biggest part, Jason Garrett uh, wanted and they said helped Tony Romo to this day is handing the ball off to DeMarco Murray. And if we see Seattle stuff that run game, now we're going to see the true test of how Tony Romo's back will hold up after those back surgeries. So it should be an interesting game. I can't bet against Pete Carroll in the 12th man at home, rushing top rushing defense in the league. I'm going to take Seattle uh, in, in that one. Before we get out of here, a couple of games to note. Denver at the Lowful New York Jets. Chicago at Atlanta. Devin Hester has faced his former teammates this time, and maybe he can add to that record of returns for touchdowns. Yet to see that in the Pats. Get it back on track last week with a huge win over the Bengals. Now they face off against the Buffalo Bills. I like the Pats uh, in in that one. Mario, it's been great as usual. I would like to thank the guys in Phoenix for keeping the show up and running and everything is smooth as butter. Also, my three amigos and the Church of Scientology Garden Pavilion for allowing me to film this show and record here live at the Garden Pavilion. Mario, thank you for being on the show. This has been Secondary Perspective. Have a great weekend. And remember, take care of each other. Until next week, we're gone. Thanks.
again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.